Tonight, I ask all of you who have stood with me, I ask my opponents and those who have fought with them, I ask those who have believed in me and those who have doubted, to join with me in common purpose. Let us put aside our fears for our hopes. Let us trust each other and work to forge a future that will enrich the lives of our people, a future that will strengthen our traditions and our faith, a future that will make us proud that in our time we gave our best. My name is Peter Oasis. What you are listening to on this fine Friday night is a new show. Uh, we're going to debut this show here, and then we're going to take it most likely to the uh, podcast network of your choice. Well, Insert I, I, podcast network here. Yes, we are, gonna, we are going to bring this to a podcast network. The name of this show, Dharmic, is Victory Tour. And the reason for the name is because I feel like, I, for one, if you haven't ever listened to us, I'm Peter Oasis. I'm a local uh, hip-hop personality here in New York. And Dharmic X, you could explain to the audience again, let them know what you do. Because a lot has changed. A lot has changed. I'm like a grown-up. When we used to do this show, I was like a little kid that Peter would try to bully all the time. And oh then, boy. Then, I, then I graduated and I glowed up and I, I work a real job and I pay rent and it's crazy. Um, but no, nah, it all started here at WMYU. Uh, we did this thing for a long time, and now we're back after after two years. Um, and we had a show called NW3 Radio, and we had many of our friends here on the show, a lot of people that you may have heard of, a lot of people who you will hear of in the next year or two. And after two years, we decided that, you know, we wanted to come back one last time. Shouts to Naveen for inviting us here and letting us talk and uh you know after this we'll see where it goes but uh this is the victory tour for for one night only at least to start right so i just got word Mm. um that a friend of ours may stop by Mm. um according to him he has a small window to stop by huh you know it's funny when um well, here's how we used to do this. We used to reach out to people who we wanted to have a conversation with. When we were here and we did our NW3 radio, we invited such a fine group of, of young uh, talent, uh, entrepreneurs, and people in the arts and whatnot, and it was great. And a lot of those people have gone on to do some really cool stuff. Incredible things. Um but on the flip side, we, we've lost a, a friend of, of WNYU and also a friend of, of the hip-hop community. And it wouldn't be right, Dharmic, for us to start our victory tour without paying respects to yeah. Prodigy of, of Mob Deep, the who la- sat in the chair that you're sitting in. Yes, but he was the last guest we ever had on the show. Um, I mean, we had a show after that, which was just like all friends and, and uh, you know, just a kind of our last show. But... He was the last guest we had, and yeah, he sat here, and we talked about uh, the dollar vans, and we talked about um, growing up in Queens, and we, you know, Peter and uh, go way back. Well, we, we have a connection. Yes. My, my, one of my closest buddies, Jeremiah Ice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, say shouts to Jeremiah, wherever you are in, in the world today. Yep. Uh, Jeremiah guided Prodigy's career for about the past decade. We all meet, and I'm not going to... Take a trip down memory lane just yet, but we all meet at the uh, G Unit offices in uh, the early two thousands. Right, uh, and uh, Prodigy be- became a friend. Prodigy p- 
plays. Uh, he's played a bunch of shows that I've promoted, and I just want to send love out to Prodigy and uh, his family yes. always. Yes. And I can imagine if we were on the radio uh, when he passed, um, it probably would have been. I, we this conversation wouldn't sound the way it sounds now because I, I still have to f- uh, hold back the tears and, and yeah. crying uh, when I speak of Prodigy. And you went to the funeral, right? I did go to the funeral. Yeah. Surreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I don't talk about it. I definitely right. won't talk about it here. It's, it's very personal. Yeah, of course. To me. Um, of course. So, this is WNYU 89.1 FM. The name of the show is Victory Tour. It's actually Peter and Darmic's Victory Tour. Yes. And we do have a guest in the studio. As we always in, do. In true fashion. So, I, I need our guest to just say hello to check the mic level. Check, check. Hello. Uh, you can introduce yourself. What's good, everyone? Uh, my name is Liz Barclay, photographer from Hotlanta. I'm glad I could join you guys. Um, yeah, I've been here about nine years. Right. So, And you still have your, your thick accent. I Now, you are someone who I don't know. We have friends in common, mutual friends. And uh, like any uh, friendship today... Our friendship starts on the gram, right? <laughs> I, I follow you yep. and, and you follow me. So I have like a, a very basic understanding of who you are and what you do. Uh, but why don't you let the audience know exactly who you are and exactly what you do before Dharmic and I kind of... kind of Jump in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm um, an artist and I'm from the South, so I feel like those are two things that primarily sort of run my life. Um, I shot a lot of hip hop for years. I spent a lovely time at Complex for a certain duration of my stay in New York. And then I've been freelance for the last couple of years. So I shoot food and music and I do my own conceptual work. Um, but it's interesting, yeah. On Instagram, I feel like I've also started to exhibit parts of my personality and sort of the acting, like going into character mm-hmm. mode, and also other things like that allude to like wellness. Or I think it's just interesting to look at the platform that you have and the position that you occupy, and then what can you do with that that goes beyond just your own work and producing. So. Um, but yes, and also shout out to Prodigy, I just have to say. Right, right. D. Yeah, no, and it's funny because I felt like, it, it, just like Peter said, like, you know, we've known each other through Instagram for like years, but I feel like I've, I've right. met you. Obviously, we we both were at Complex around the same time. I was more freelancing for them and you were like in the office, but like, I definitely feel like I'd met you before, maybe like shows and stuff, because yes. you, you probably still go to a lot of shows and, and come yep. shoot stuff all the yep. time or... Yeah, I kind of try to stay um, pretty regular with it. Um, but uh, lately, I've, I, I want to go to some more. I haven't gotten to go to any of the MoMA shows. Plan to go to Show Me the Body on the 26th. Nice. And Look at then, you. Uh, You're a walking advertisement. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm I pl- went to... plugging them in Yeah, it's hard. way too early. Right. Plugging them in hard. I, I have yeah. to say, though, I went to MoMA PS1 for the first time ever, like, last weekend. It was Darmic, just crazy. Do, do you know? What? Yes. You know you're about 20 years late on that trend. I know. I'm not, I, not even I'm not even, not even. even saying I'm even, like, lo- trying to trench yeah. I have no reason. I have no idea how it took me so long to get there, but... 
I went last week for the first time. It's because it's kind of, you think it's in the middle of nowhere, you know, or you're just like, eh, but. Long Island City isn't even that far. Like, that's not a, that's not a legit excuse. Well, you excuse. have to gear up for it. You're like, I'm going to be drinking most <laughs> of the day. Yeah. I saw Skepta um, a couple ah. of summers ago, and that was like right when the whole BBK kind of movement started to come to the U.S., it was really, really interesting because I think that show meant a lot to them. Yeah, New York. I've heard a lot of people talk about that show and that show. Yeah, that particular one, the PS One show. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Good um, times. Look at you guys. P- I feel like um, PS One has taken, you know, not to make this a PS One conversation, but PS One <laughs> has taken a, a really hard turn into the rap world, where in the past it kind of started as a a platform for really unknown artists and kind of world music artists and whatnot and, and a lot of electronic music and rock. But, uh, you know, times change, right? Yeah. I, I saw ASAP Fergus there this weekend. ASAP oh, Ferg yes. and Cardi B. Right. <laughs> the guy, the, the woman with the biggest song of 2017 right now. I think they locked that in. I think the pacing of that is, well, I feel like the song blew up after they locked that in. Yeah, definitely. Like, it definitely was a perfect marriage of timing. It literally blew up like in the last couple of weeks, honestly. Yeah, this is Peter Oasis and Darmic. What you're listening to is the uh, Victory Tour. Victory Tour. On uh, WNYU 89.1 FM. I do have confirmation that at some point a very special guest is going to come through. <laughs> I don't think he's talking about that special guest. A, a special guest, a, a very, special. very special guest. A, a friend of mine yes. um, probably for the past couple of decades and someone I wanted to come to talk to us for a long time. Yeah. He has a lot going on. He does. Uh, he's pretty much responsible for a lot of New Yorkers' plans for the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to come here soon. Uh, Darmic and I are back on the radio. It's good to be here. And we brought Liz Barclay in. Liz is a photographer. I follow your work. Uh, let's just let the audience know so they can get familiar. So you do shoot for the New York Times. I do see your name on a bunch of Time stories, which yep. is pretty cool. It must make your uh, family proud. It is. It's nice to get that um, New York Times byline. It's. Uh, I gotta say, they're in Georgia still, so um, a lot of things when I describe what I'm doing, they may get it, but they definitely understand the uh, the New York Times thing. My mom can drive to Starbucks where she can get the like more liberal paper right. and, <laughs> and then peep, peep the story. So last week, too, we did a, um Ode to the Buttered Roll story, which I loved, and I really like the Times. Um, you know, they've been very good to me, and uh, it's also allowed me to be, you know, just pick the ball up and run with it. You know, it's a lot of times kind of last minute. It's been beautiful. I really am blessed to have that in my life. What brought you up to New York? Uh, It was really my work. I kind of wanted to do photojournalism. That was kind of my main. I enjoy writing and kind Mm -hmm. of conveying narratives. So I kind of looked around. At the time, Atlanta had a lot of things going on, but mainly editorial. It was in New York. So. Mm -hmm. I kind of always had these weird gut impulses, and my parents were, like, kind of resisting at first, but then they were like, I mean, you know what you're doing, and we support you, and I came up, and I I cold-called some places, and I actually cold-called the Times. (laughs) I was, like, 22 years old, down in Georgia, and student teaching on the side and photos. And I called them and I just said, hey, this would mean a lot to me. 
so it comes from my portfolio and then it i i did it oh nice so i always tell people like it never hurts to um there's really no you know harm in risking putting yourself out there and sometimes that's the best way to do it you know everybody's friends through friends and that's mm-hmm. great but sometimes a beautiful cold call is like very refreshing right mm-hmm. i mean that that's what led dharmic and i together i practically begged him to come on the radio Damn. i said dharmic you know i really want to come up he had had another friend of mine uh, named paul cantor come up as a guest and i kind of reached out to paul he's a writer right he's a writer and i reached out to paul and i said man who's this kid show you went on i kind of want to go up there and we we had we had met before that though we had definitely met like a what a six months before that we did meet yeah but yeah a cold call does go a long way it's true i mean yeah it's funny um, it's pretty normal now to slide into someone's dm mm-hmm. to uh ask for a request or you know in in this case i'm sure dharmic may have dm'd you to come here definitely he did he <laughs> did. this is very true i was very excited but the flyer art too i woke up today to this beautiful flyer right and my name was on it and that was i was pretty hyped nice. yeah pretty I, hyped. yeah it's funny i I started to do the flyer last night, and I had, I'd you fall, did a good job. I had fallen asleep, and my dog was just bothering me. Shout-outs to Hunter, I still you are. haven't met Hunter. I'm really disappointed about this. Yeah, Hunter, I know you're definitely not listening to this. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, and, and he's, like, grown. Like, he was, like, a little... She, she, oh, she, she. Sorry, Calm sorry. Calm down, darling. Wow. Hunter's but a guy. But I like there. that it's Hunter and it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. That's so, like, of course she would do that. She, she was, like, a little puppy. She's one of two hunters no, on our street out there in Flat Bush. Uh, Hunter's she, also. She so represents. <laughs> Hunter represents. But I, I'm happy to have you here because I'm a fan of your art, and uh, you. you know, just know that you. I'm sure you have many admirers uh, from afar, but I, I love your aesthetic and and, and I really Thank like you. your artwork. And it's so hard to to have like a, a photographer up here. It's like you can't. Uh, play a slideshow or something and our <laughs> audience can't uh, see it but let, let our audience know where, where they could find your portfolio so as they're listening to this you could you could kind of click through Liz's photos and really get a better understanding of of how talented Liz is well um, I think a good start is on Instagram I'm at Liz one so that kind of that's kind of a whole spectrum of me i like keeping it fun i do sometimes my skits but then also i kind of weave in my articles or conceptual work um so definitely check me out on there at liz zero one and then my website the link is in the bio it's liz barclay yeah please please explain your skits uh, oh god i don't even know they're you're quite the character do you have one in particular that you want to start with no, I mean, you're really good. Um, okay, so I'm explaining Liz's uh, skits, and you could kind of check them out. They're in the same vein and in the same tradition of, I guess, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Um, Funny. Yeah, you yeah. you do a lot without, with saying nothing most of the time, and you're, you're, you're very animated in, in your facial expressions, and it's so cool. So you're going to want to check out Liz's Instagram and, and look for her little skits. Um that's been a fun. That's why you were invited here thing. because you could do that 
and do it with a straight face. And well, I think people too are like, when I first started doing it, there was a couple years ago, well, I guess a year ago, when I really started in my journey of being a freelancer, I kind of really started doing a lot of like personal work and really exploring the notion of like, you know, not playing small and just completely freeing myself to do what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I've had this sense of humor and kind of sort of cinematic improv thing that I love. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. And so the skits kind of are weird. Like I'll just envision something in my mind um, and go with it. Like, I, I don't know, the other day I saw a hot sauce and I was like, this would be really cool. I should put my phone in the fridge and play like a Tony Braxton song and, and then reach out and get the hot sauce and be excited about it. Like I, I, I have these urges and I've learned over time to just follow those, whether it be a collage or something funny. Uh, so they're not really planned out. They're just kind of, you know, responding to my surroundings. That's dope. That's that's real dope. Um, and you like, how long have you been freelancing for? I think um, I've been doing it kind of throughout my whole time here, nine years, but really officially for like two years. And that freelance grind is no joke. It really is. I mean, it's beautiful, but you also the taxes. Um, <laughs> it's it takes a lot of um, discipline and sort of you have to really strategize and set an intent to your year and your week and your day. So it's it's kind of a different way of otherwise you just won't want to save. It's it's definitely different. The grind is different. Yeah. I, all of us have kind of freelanced at one point or another. Like I did it. That was when I was at Complex. I was more freelancing. I was like a year and a half, two years. I was in between school doing it. And then Peter's like almost always. Uh, you're not. You're not freelancing anymore. But you're. Yeah, you no. you were at one point, I'm, right? I'm definitely not. No, not anymore. It's we've, we've come a long way here. Yeah, this we, <laughs> we're all we're all grown up. Uh, this is the victory tour with Peter Oasis. That's me, and and across from me is Darmic X, mm-hmm. and and Liz Barclay, who is a photographer, um, who's also you've shot a few pretty famous people I, I i looked at your instagram today and i was like whoa you can, can you just tell our, our audience is very superficial and, <laughs> and they definitely want to know i love it what what famous faces have uh i guess appeared in front of your camera i most recently which was beautiful was i got to shoot prodigy and havoc havoc is a um, pretty good friend of mine, and it's been uh, amazing to kind of. It was cool to film them. So I shot Prodigy and Havoc at their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was in May. Oh wow! So that was really cool um, to shoot them. And then let's see. So that was wonderful. Did uh, you shoot Tyrese? No, is that Kevin Hart? No, I shot Tyrese. I I shot him and. Um, that was amazing. He's surprisingly, I mean, not surprisingly, but he's very eloquent and philosophical. Like the, the, it was a Q and a setup, but mm-hmm. he ended up saying things and just nobody, people were at a loss for words <laughs> because he was very well-spoken. And then, um, Martin Scorsese oh, was wow. really cool that I was shooting like a art collector series and it was shooting people who collect art in their homes wearing their Chinese zodiac masks. 
So we went to Marty's house and shot him and his wife. Mm -hmm. And Martin had to wear a horse mask because that's his Chinese animal. Oh, and his wife. It was just, it just got ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, and I sent a picture to my dad. Um, That was fun. I try to like bring them into my world, but that was cool. I'm trying to think who else. My question for you. When when the photo shoot ends, does uh, Marty, as you call him, Martin Scorsese, invite you to stay over for a glass of wine or is it you have a, a period of time to shoot him and then they're like, get the hell out of here, kid? No, no, they were great because I was with some friends and we hung out for a bit. It was a little later at night, so they were tired. And then his dog bit me and he had to put, he like ran and got an ice pack. It was funny. It just turned into like this elaborate, like, I just, it was fun. The voice you're hearing is the voice of Liz Barclay. Liz is a photographer uh, who's living her dream. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a photographer and get paid for something you really like to do. Like, I love my job, but there's times when I really want to walk away from it and just, like, I can't stand the BS. And it's hard, right? Yeah, of but course. But I, I love taking photos, as we all do, right? And imagine that's what you get paid for. You show up, you're at Martin Scorsese's friend's house or his house, and, you know, you're greeted by these, like, big celebrities and... You're in control. You're 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 mm-hmm. definitely in a, a dominant position where you're in control and you are able to direct them as you similar to what you do with your videos, except you're directing Martin Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> that was um that was hilarious. That was also like just trying to do it before they like got suffocated because it's like they're putting these rubber masks on. But yeah, it is I felt like um you know, when I was young and I was kind of, I was very fortunate to know what I wanted to do at a young age. It also took me a while to kind of realize that that's what I wanted to go for. I wanted to do writing at first. and But then I thought about it and I'm like, in terms of creative control, this is like kind of my my thing. And I get to really create the image. But it's cool to, I don't, it just, it never, I, I feel very lucky every day to do what I do um I mean despite it's tiring sometimes but you know everything is so this is 89.1 FM WNYU normally we would play some music but from what I hear our our guest is coming down and and we're going to put him on the mic because he has very short uh time I guess he's between like meetings or something (laughs) um Dharmic X is across from me. I'm Peter Oasis. You can find Dharmic on the internet at at Dharmic X. I, w- I don't know if you still tweet or not because I've deleted my Twitter. You have, and I don't really tweet that much anymore. Is I, Twitter over? I think Twitter is great. I use it more so as a news source. Um, I have, like, uh, mobile notifications, so I just have it, headlines come up on my phone whenever I need them. And, you know, uh, I, I don't actually read many articles. I just kind of... At least for the big top stories, like it just comes to my phone and then I, you know, can forget about it. But I don't really tweet anymore. It's like, you know, now that you're it's like you're in the real world and you have to, like, not worry about Twitter or saying something funny anymore. It's it's weird that and like there are situations where I'm happy I don't have Twitter, where if I did have Twitter, I would air someone out. 
but you used to use it. You're you're used to just like opening your Twitter and then just like saying wild things. Yeah, well, I, I never did that. I come from a generation like the first Twitter generation when we thought one, no one was listening. Two, this is before your tweets were uh, cataloged by the. Uh, is it the National Congress Library? I believe what? Most, that's where tweets are stored. You you could are you they could, actually? You could Google that. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So you know, so, somewhere down the line, uh, those tweets can can be used to tell your story, which is why I always I was never shy about talking on Twitter, because I knew it would be a document one day for someone who was <laughs> writing a story about me or something to go back and reference. So I kind of had the foresight. But at a certain point, I'm like, yo, foresight. I don't need to talk all the time to people. I don't need to hear what a thousand people at once are thinking. And when I stopped tweeting is when I started getting productive. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. You eventually reach a point where you just don't have time to tweet. Unless you're like, unless you're making like content and stuff, and then you gotta like tweet to promote it. But otherwise, if you're not doing that, then you, yeah, the the less you tweet, the more productive you are. But uh, but yeah, the I, I also realized that people were reading my tweets, and that was kind of it. Got to a point where you know perception is just really important in the line of work that that we're in, and you can't have people thinking of you a certain way just because you're tweeting something that you don't really mean. So. That was a, that became a problem too. I a few people came back to me with like tweets I'd said, and I was like, "All right, I can't, I can't have all that." So, damn, Darmic, were you taking shots at people, man? Sometimes, you know, you you, you it's it, it comes like midnight, one a.m., and you get drunk and you you tweet something reckless, and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I see, I see our special guest outside. Invite him hey, in, Co- Corey Smith. Please, please come in, Liz. Corey is gonna take over I your love, your spot for I would a second. Love to yes, give it Corey to him. Smith. Yes. So in, in the other room, and he's going to walk in now. So the other day I'm watching an, an interview. Uh, I think it was Hot 97 or something. And and they were interviewing one of Corey's clients. And like you see like Corey in the background, and he doesn't say much. And from what I understand, he doesn't speak much. I've never heard him on like the Combat Jack show or any of these uh, major uh, new, news podcast outlets. Although, podcast, I mean, Combat Jack, who's a buddy of mine, had ex- had expressed interest in getting Corey on his pocket. I want Corey to come in. Is Corey coming in? Yeah, he has He's to got come his in. Cozy pants. On. Liz, please, please pass the uh, microphone, the chair, and and the headphones to the the one and only Corey Smith. Corey, c- come pull up, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have a clapping sound or anything. Liz, please. There's a there's another mic over there too. Come here. No, Cor- Corey needs this. This oh, is the okay. uh, the mic with the uh, the best sound. Corey, I need to see you when I speak to you. What's your name? Liz. Hey, Liz Corey. <laughs> Mr. Corey Smith. Cor- please, Corey, I can't see you. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen. In case you don't know, you are listening to. All right, so I'm, I'm going to make a few introductions here before we start. Corey Smith, meet Darmic X. Yeah, we've met. <laughs> what a radio voice you have. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, in front of me, I had to beg him all day. I'm like, Corey, I know you're in town. Like, you have to do this for me. And I've never asked this, this fine gentleman for a favor true, in, true. in years. Yeah, yeah. Corey, please introduce yourself. Um, to the uh, New York audience, I, I think you did it. It's Corey Smith. Um, 
blacksmith. It's just that's who I am. Who who are you, Corey Smith? <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, this is going to be a real short interview. Um, I I'm just I'm just a guy who grew up in New York City who loved music and and just happened to be blessed to work with a lot of great people along the way. Right, right. So so I meet Corey when yeah. we're both uh, we're not struggling club promoters, but we're young club promoters and in, in here you were in younger the big than city. Me. You were younger. I am younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow down. So <laughs> I was doing a party in. Uh, Mark Ronson was my DJ. Right. At Buddha Bar. And you, and what was your partner's name then? Chris AC. Chris AC, they had a pretty good uh, party hustle. And they were able to get flyers to a lot more people. And we partnered with them to do a party. And I think the first one was a flop that we did with you guys. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. Then the <laughs> second, then after that, it, it, it really kicked off. But, uh, he was just a. He, I I don't know know what it was about you. I couldn't pin who you were at that moment. I just knew he was out and about all the time, and I used to be out and about all the time. So that's how I met Peter. That's crazy. And now neither of you are out and about. Are you out and about all the time? I know Peter is not out and about no, at all. No, 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 no. You you give it. You pass the torch. <laughs> I'm uh yeah. I'm I'm a bit old. So Co- Corey's in town uh, because he is responsible for. Like I said before, when I I teased that you. I, I tease that you were coming. Luckily, you did come because our audience would be really mad at us. But I was kind of saying that you're responsible for a lot of New Yorkers. Like next month, uh, month. Yeah. Um, you, you, and, and and your your one of your clients has taken over a residency at the world famous uh, Radio City Music Hall. Indeed. Uh, where where each and every uh, show there's a you know a, a bunch of special guests and cool stuff going on and. Um, it's it's so cool to see that. Like I, I'm gonna explain, Darmic. One and I say this to you all the time. One day you're you're gonna look at your peers. Mm-hmm. And you're you're probably in, in your early twenties, and your peers are gonna be doing stuff that is so magical. And I use that word magical, and you're gonna just look at them. Like I look at Corey, and I'm like, dude, I I've known you since I, I was young, mm-hmm. and I, I Corey was always older than I am, and he. And I've always respected you, but I didn't know you were going to go on to do such big stuff. I mean, I don't think you you can plan for it. Right. But, and those plans are based in hopes and aspirations, but then you have to kind of hit the pavement and try to make things happen. And through the journey, you find people who are able to be the vessels that, you know, get us to that point. Like, I, I'm I'm a businessman with a, with a, with a creative... Uh, idea here and there but the people i'm able to work with um make those bigger creative uh impacts in the world and then i'm I'm able just to to polish it up and and, and bring forth some good stuff right so so just so our, our audience knows um about radio city about about what you do oh or where would you come <laughs> from so i i meet Corey mm-hmm. uh, as a club promoter but he also managed one of my if not my favorite hip-hop groups ever de la soul i think they have a plaque over here in the station yeah yeah so i mean where i come from i grew up in harlem i grew up on 145th street in st nick and um i ended up graduating school in inglewood new jersey because i was getting in too much trouble going to clubs as a kid here in new york and then um at a dwight morrow then from there went to atlanta to go to morehouse and that's where I got into the music industry pretty much oh, uh, through Dallas Austin. Mm-hmm. And um, I was lucky enough at 17 to sell a baseball card for 
$20,000 and I just had a bunch of fucking money as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid. Right. It was a 1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card. And at that point, I didn't have to ask my mom to <laughs> do something. And it was like, hey, I want to invest in my friends' mixtapes right. and shit like that. Who you know, were those like, friends? First group I actually picked up was um, a group that became Metaphor. And they are now... Uh, Zion I, Steve is in Zion I and Amp is in Zion I. The other two kids was a kid named Soup who was on a song, his biggest Soup plateaued really early. He was on a song called uh, All in the Mind on Eric Sherman's album. And then uh, this kid, Rick, Rick Ray, Rick, uh, Richard Raymond, and he never did anything actually uh, that that would be notable. Um, and then I ended up with a group called Yo So Stupid through Dallas, and that was like my first signed group. Mm -hmm. And um, that led to me and this kid named X who had produced all of uh, that album and has always doing all the drum programming for TLC and Boys and Men and all that stuff. We became partners. And, um, you know, it was feeling great until the kids in Y'all So Stupid did something really, really tragic. Uh, they uh, boosted Colin Wolf's, Colin Wolf's MPC. Colin was uh, the bass player on The Chronic. Right. And Colin was doing the, a new album for us. And uh, they boosted his MPC. It was the dumbest move ever. And that, and that was then, career and, suicide. And the, yeah, and then they got dropped. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, um, they were so stupid. <laughs> and then, um, uh, and then money got tight. It was like weird. Like it was money was coming in. Then money got tight. And uh, I got a job at a skate shop um, at Skate Escape in Atlanta. Right. And, then uh, it was me, Little John, and Bone Crusher, and Baby used to work at the skate shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the most, trust me, my life is fucking random. I can curse, right? <laughs> no, probably not. Oh, it's okay. my bad. <laughs> yeah, so it was really random. And then at that point, um, I ended up really feeling like things weren't working out the way I wanted them to. And uh, I, I had a kid named DJ Kizzy Rock that was doing really well. He was in a group called A-Town Players. And uh, then I decided at the, at the last minute when that was starting to take off, I was going to come back to New York and um, just kind of revamp because I felt like my life wasn't where it needed to be, even though we had started making some more money and things were kind of cool. But I came back home and uh, I sat in my mom's apartment and it was like, I'm going to do a party. So I took the last bit of my money and I started promoting parties. And that's when I bumped into Mark Ronson. He was DJing at Mercury Lounge. Right. And I was like, yo, I could, I can have you come DJ over here and pay you double what they're paying you there. You're like, yeah, leave that. Uh, was that the sweet thing party? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, I was like, yo, You're come like, over you here. You're like, yeah, it's sweeter over here. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's how I met Maceo from De La Soul. Like, right. literally, the party was that good that everyone was coming to the party. And, um, I used to leave flyers in the Tommy Boy office, and I think he saw one of the flyers and came through. And I, he he was like, yeah, I want to DJ. And I had him DJ a Christmas Eve party, which was, like, huge because no one was doing Christmas Eve parties back then. Right. And I had Fat Man Scoop was my doorman, and it was, like, this random – like, my whole mind, I guess, always has been putting things together, like people and weird locations, and it was just, like – and the party was a hit, and he was like, yo, you should be my manager. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then went on the road with them. Uh, and then we, first album I worked with those guys was called Stakes is High. And right. I was off to the races, and that's how I met most. And then, so I met Quali, and 
you know, it's just it was a domino effect. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you, I work with uh, who with my client base right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dave's my one of my business partners, and I'm his producing partner. So I produce all the shows at Radio City. So those right. are all my shows. And uh, uh, Vince Staples is one of my clients. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kilo Quiche. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Seacoff. Okay. Um, also, uh, Eddie Murphy. No, no, <laughs> no. You know, it'd been great. I have another project I'm doing. Uh, it's a film called Gully with Nabil. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, Lewis Hamilton's one of my clients as well. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, bro, I, I, I just work. I get up every day and I work and, you know, and, and really everything I do at this point is about my daughter, my two-year-old daughter, Nyla. So that's what I do every four. Right. So I, I see on the gram yesterday, I see a beautiful photo of, of your daughter, Nyla, and Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. For sure. I'm guessing that, is that backstage at Radio City? Yeah, Harry came to Radio City. He, um, I met Harry Belafonte when I was doing a documentary called uh, Soundtrack for Revolution. Okay. And uh, he... He's phenomenal, man. Like, and so he was there, and I was like, class act. I'm, I'm guessing beyond, man, right. beyond. Like, he's, you know, Harry's ninety now, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like my daughter's two, so I'm sitting there saying to myself, I have to make sure I capture this moment for her, right? Because, you know, I've gone through life. As you say, I'm rarely in front of anyone knowing, no one knows what I do. I walk through the streets, people just like, okay, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But right. I just don't want her to not know where she came from, mm. you know, and who her father was blessed to know. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not beyond that, that's my sole focus at this point is just documenting so that the day that I'm not here, she could say, now nah, my dad worked really hard for me to be where I am. And so. and her dad is and I'll I'll introduce again. So you, this is time for some station identification. <laughs> this is eighty nine point one FM WNYU. This is uh, the name of the show is called the Victory Tour with uh, Peter Oasis and Dharmic X. And uh, sitting in in front of us is Corey Smith. Uh, Corey is a music manager, a producer. You made a nice film that I like, the the Block Party film. Oh, yeah, Dave Block Party. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I every now and then I catch it on like Hulu or something, and and I I watch it and I always watch it all the way through, and I, I I love that film as many people do. Yeah. Um, you currently manage Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, if you don't know, which <laughs> I'm sure there's not a person in this city, uh, who doesn't know Dave as as uh. A historic residency at the uh, Radio City Music Hall, mm-hmm. um, where each and every show he has these amazing guests. Um, the night we we bought tickets, I'm gonna tell you. So I'm gonna tell you how gully Kelly and I were. The minute that the, the uh, pre-sale went up, uh, Kelly and I looked through the calendar and I said, "Well, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him." So I said, "I want to see Ali Wong." <laughs> Yeah, and uh, which I, it was at the end of the the That's run. Twenty fourth. It's at the end of the run. Twenty yeah, fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kelly and I bought tickets to see. Is it Ali Wong? Yeah, but it's Dave, also Dave's birthday, and so always for clarity. So what I like okay. to do, to people, Dave and I have a business relation. He's my business partner. Dave does not have a manager. There was there is zero <laughs> managers in Dave's life. So okay. I want to be very clear about that because some people like to say, "Oh, you manage." Well, yeah, some duties fall in those lines, but it's just not what we do. Like he's he's also one of my best friends, so it's just like. I never like to misrepresent what my relationship is with people. So I always like to do that. So one, yes. 
do I produce all these shows? 100%. And Ali Wong is on Dave's birthday with John Mayer and Little John. Right. Okay. And you should definitely make sure you're there because afterwards we're doing something that's even more incredible. Right. So. Well, please include me in, in those plans. You know, you, you, you just text me. I'm what, here right what, now. What, what happened? See, what I'm going to explain to you. I've known Corey for so long. I would never, I'm never that dude to say, because as a, as a producer myself of concerts, mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm probably 20 something years in. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't mind if someone hits me up, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not that dude. Like mm-hmm. I would not say, Hey, I want to buy these tickets. I'm thinking when they go on sale, like somehow, and, and knowing how, how the concert business works, somehow some of this money from the ticket that Kelly and I bought will end up in, in Corey and Dave's pocket. And, For sure. And I know that. And why would I want to take that money from, from a friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, one time uh, you know, we collaborated together and we've done so. Why would I want to take that money from you? Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's really a grand statement. Like, seriously, because most people don't recognize that um, every ticket you give away is something you're taking out your pocket. Right. Like, 100%. There's no way of looking about it, other way of looking about it. Like, it's like, but everyone, people come for tickets. And, mm-hmm. like, that that was, like, I guess the joke of the day was what people watching Vince's Hot Ones. And I guess he, you know, Vince rambled off, don't call Corey for tickets for, you know. <laughs> but it's because people don't realize that, Eventually, it gets to the point where you've given away, you know, over 60 grand worth of tickets. And it's like, well, no one else would do that for you. Like, right. So it's just support. And supporting yeah. is great because it's a great show. And, you know, the money goes into it. The money goes into the production. Like, it's not cheap. And having a residency at Radio City is not cheap. <laughs> right. How many dates are you guys there? 16. 16. Yeah. From the 1st to the 24th, we got 16 shows. So... Uh, thus far, eighty-eight thousand tickets sold. Nice. Whoa, that's yeah. impressive. I almost, I almost got to go to one last week. I For was free. Well, I was with Trey. The truth. Oh, and Trey think, came back. Yeah, yeah. Trey's got these boom boxes. Have you seen yes, those? Yes, yes, bump box. Yo, yeah. Trey, the truth. I listen. I don't know him well at all, but class act. Yeah, and I he just seems to be like a, such a renaissance dude. Like mm-hmm. it's random. Like he does everything he kind of does yeah like he made so he makes these huge boom boxes with the artist names on it and it's just it's like uh radio raheem from right from uh from the spike lee joint it's do like the right what? Thing. they do the right thing yeah it's like crazy yeah rest so in peace true true yes. that yes to, morehouse uh, man rest right. in peace yeah i went to, I, I was with him but then i had like a commitment with like a friend so i had to go handle that and like i only found out that he was going midway through the day otherwise i would have definitely gone with him but you know sometimes you just gotta uh roll the dice maybe you'll maybe you'll come another day yeah no definitely would yeah. love to i'll just uh, just text him for free tickets <laughs> nah. yeah, yeah listen <laughs> I, I, today was an off day and you caught me literally it's because the fact we're so close is the only reason that i know i was like i want to make sure i'm here I was like, I can't be this close and not do this. I, Either, you know, you know, it was. I, to be honest, I, I manage uh, Combat Jack, the radio personality. Oh yeah, and um, you know, I told Combat, I was like, you know, you should really get Corey Smith. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> hold up a second. <laughs> I want to have Corey Smith. <laughs> and this spot opened up here. Uh, Darmic and I used to do a Wednesday night show. It was an interview show. We had all the, all sorts of great people up here. And uh, this was, I was like, there's an opportunity. I saw in the calendar 
that that Dave was off this evening and he was off last night. Correct. Uh, and I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna ask Corey to come. And when I asked Corey, you were kind of like me. Like yeah. you, you thought I was asking a date. I'm like, I, I don't I, care I, about Dave. Yeah, I, I didn't love know him. what you meant. I was but I was like, like, I was like, no, you. Yeah. I want you. Yeah. I Our audience it. knows who Dave Chappelle is. Dave, Dave everybody knows they better. They understand. Yeah. But you are the driving force, or one of the driving forces behind yeah. the run at Radio City. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we we have a great partnership when it comes to music and comedy and just um, ideas in general. I've been, like I said, I'm blessed to work with someone who uh, I think is just the best at what he does. Like, he's a comedic genius, Like, and I don't say it lightly. Um, and then we sit around and we toss darts at the wall and they become these things that actually move culture. Like, the whole point... The funniest thing about this run is that in 2014, we did 10 shows. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the conversation wasn't as strong. Like, these shows seem to have just taken an eclipse to everything. Right, yeah. Like, we just feel so much hotter right now. Um, and it's it's our ode to New York. Like, I'm a New Yorker. Dave, you know, cut his teeth here in New York. And I I, I don't live in New York anymore. So, like... Coming back and doing this feels great. Like the last time we did this was the last time I lived in New York. Oh, wow. After Radio City in 2014, I packed up and was gone. Right. Yeah. So it's like coming back to do this feels like great. I, I could imagine that when you call someone and to come perform, mm -hmm. I'm sure nobody says no. Oh no, no, no. They do. Yeah. 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 You get a couple no's because, but it's scheduling no's. Scheduling. And they're, they're not getting no's based on people like whack idea. <laughs> um, you know, Chappelle's still season one, I got a lot of no's because people couldn't understand. Like, back then, but now at this point, people, like, you can just Google what we've been doing. So it's, like, it's not hard to grasp at this point. Like, so. What what other comedians are on the run? Is Aziz on any of those? Um, You know, Aziz may pop up. Right. Um, You he know, we did the largest, we did, like, probably the most expensive com comedy show uh, the other day with Kevin Hart, Chris Rock. Uh, Amy Schumer, Dave, and um, uh, um, who am I? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Jeff Ross, not yeah. Eddie Murphy. No, no, no. I mean, you know, hold your breath. I, I'm holding my breath. <laughs> right. I, I think the whole world is. Listen, if Eddie hit the stage, I I will officially say we've done the damn thing. Right, and, and, and you, I mean, us coming up during, like, Delirious and, yeah. and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, the Ice Cream Man is coming, and, mm -hmm. you know, to me, that's, like, like the G-O-D. Yeah, yeah, he, for sure. You know, we, we knew of an Eddie Murphy before he was, like, a, uh, yeah, a G-rated. Shrek, yeah, forget that. <laughs> like, that's not, like, I don't, like, that's, that's not, not Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy that we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he's still, yeah. Like, if you ever, I mean, I, I guess it sounds stupid, like, if you're ever around him, but, like, you know, if you, if you ever are blessed to stand in a room with the man, you'll see he's he's got it, yo. He's funny. He's a funny fucking guy. He's a, oh, I stopped cursing. He's a funny guy. <laughs> you're a funny guy. Yeah, you know. 89.1 FM. Uh, the, the, the show is called... The Dar Victory Tour. The Victory Tour. Peter and Darmic's Victory Tour. Peter and Darmic's Victory Tour. I gotta give me a show. Our guest is the one and only Corey Smith. I'm surprised spelled you don't have a, one. Spelled with a Y. Oh, yeah. Smith is spelled with a Y, but Blacksmith is spelled with an I. 
Don't get them twisted. All right, <laughs> I, I have a few personal questions. At is Midori still with you? Yeah, Midori's still with me. She's actually she's gonna be she's back this month from sabbatical. Midori was uh off raising her child. Midori had a daughter, and um, it was really important for her to spend that first few years before her daughter went to back to school as being a mother and everything. And I was all about it. Um, my life without Midori has been uh a lot less uh concise. Midori, um, I would say, is the backbone. Midori makes sure I'm on time. <laughs> right. Midori, like, so people don't understand that managers or producers are great at their job, mm-hmm. but their job is not necessarily being on time in those things. Like, you're, you you fall into a void just like an artist will. Mm-hmm. And Midori is the one voice that would always click through, like, let's go. You need to be there. Hey, did you make that call? It, Someone that manages you helps your. It's 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 weird. I know, like, but trust me, you need a Midori in your life. Like, you just need it. And Midori's been with me over twelve years. It's like, yeah, like I can't even think about how much better life is about to get now that Midori's back. Right. How big is your staff now? Just uh, uh, total. It's not that big, Peter. Honestly, and but you know what? The weird thing is, I'm actually I'm about to size up. Oh, uh, yeah. I have no choice because I, it. I work f- all day. I really do, mm-hmm. and um, it's not necessarily a great thing for your relationship and a good thing for your family. Mm-hmm. So I have to find ways to have more people on board so that I can at least make sure that my daughter doesn't grow up hating me. <laughs> right. Trusting people is probably a really difficult thing in that, though. You're like making sure that you have people that you're willing to give the work to. I don't think that I'm one that trusts people on that level, to be candid. I, I'm only willing to allow you to show me what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And those things, if, if you're capable of doing a task, then you get to continue to do that task. If you fail at that task, you will not get that task again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm when it comes to business, I'm cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I there's no emotion in any of it. Uh, when it comes to personal, I want everyone to be happy and succeed. But um, I've been doing this for 26 years of my life, and I can't get to this point and have someone fail. Mm-hmm. Not fail for the stuff that I'm working on. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, like you, you, you're to the B squad, C squad, <laughs> or off the squad if you fail. You know, like there's no room for that in my life. Hundred percent. Yeah, I can't believe you're here. <laughs> listen, man, I had I had to beg this guy. Well, no, no, no. I was just like, listen, I'm not sure. I don't want to promise. You know, you'll be like, I'm going to be here, and then not show up. That'd be whack. And then, literally, I was sitting down, and I was like, all right, I got a minute. I can run through before right. I got to jet off, and I'll come have a conversation. I didn't really know what the conversation was going to be, so it's it's cool to be here. Did you even know I was going to be here? Yes, uh, I did. See, because I, I sent Corey the flyer so uh, he could know it's a real thing. Fair enough. Fair My enough. pitch to Corey was, Corey, please do me this favor. And there's a really cool photographer who's going to be yeah, here. Yeah, that was true. That was very true. I said, there's there's this girl. Her name is Liz, and so Liz was sharing with us. She's she's shot uh, Martin Scorsese wearing some type of um, we're wearing a mask. So or we've something. met. Oh, you're there is not another, mic'd there up. There is another mic. Where's Naveen? No, there is an, there's another mic. Yep, yep, yep. Turn Where's the Naveen? DJ thing on. All right, here we go. We're going to turn the DJ mixer on. Liz Barclay. Speak in. Yo. Yep, you're on. Um, 
interestingly enough, I shot Kilo Kish and um, Jay Scott in L.A. Yeah, okay. Shooting, uh, wearing the new No Wave t-shirts. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know if we have met, but I am from Atlanta as well. So I'm happy to see you spend some time there. But yeah, I spent six to seven years in Atlanta. So it was a uh, good it. good times. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a good place. It's cha- it's funny. It's changing a lot in beautiful ways, but it's it wants to know which way to go. Um, you know. I, yeah, you, do you still live in Atlanta? No, okay. I I um just go back frequently because my family's there. I'm here. Yeah, I I um I I like Atlanta from afar now. Um, it's great to go back and see the things that it was, but it's for me, it's um different. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's uh, I think it was, I think it's a very young city. It is, and the Beltline, yeah, Beltline changed a lot, and the film industry, you know. Yeah, I think people can do great things in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is one of the places where you can make a decision to be something, and there's very little questioning about that choice. Um, and other places, people are like, well, really, well, how do you? What's the qualifications, right? Not that. Um, you don't have to be qualified to be successful. But Atlanta, I think, gives you enough birth to be like, yo, I'm working through yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. He's a good friend. Um, she manages 21 Savage now, but she, you know, was at 10 Deep for a while, but mm-hmm. started in Atlanta. Oh, so 10 it, Deep. Yeah, I know those yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I know those guys. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't you know? But it's, it's beautiful. It, people definitely do get their start there. Um and it's very welcoming to that. For sure. And at this point, you should you should know everybody. You know, like if if, if someone's in this business, it's not that big. Come on, bro. Well, my my theory and what I say is that if I need you, I will find you. I don't necessarily need you to know who I am, but I, at some point in an artist's career, I'll find them and I'll send them offers. And sometimes I'll even send offers to people, you know, just because I want to meet them. True. I've gotten to that point in my career where I want to meet them, so. I, I, you know, the best way to meet them is to send them some offers to perform or something. Listen, Peter, you've uh, you've mastered a lot of it. So congrats I've been around that. a long time. Yeah, congrats on that. I've been through some weird stuff, but I'm still here. Yeah, I like You're your socks to be. too. He's got some good. <laughs> I, I'm way too old situation. to be wearing these socks. It's a good no, look though. Fila, He's got bro. the calf muscles yeah. out. Look at that. He's yeah. got the filo on. I'm rocking with that. I'm Peter Oasis. Uh, directly in front of me is young Darmic X, yeah. Corey Smith, Blacksmith, Liz Barclay. My wife, Kelly Green, is here. Corey, we're going to keep you for a few more minutes because I feel like, you know, tell tell Dave to chill. <laughs> okay. Where, where, where do you I, live now? I live in L.A. Oh, Why don't gotcha. you just give the audience your address? Uh, you if know, you want to meet Corey. If you want to send mail, 45 <laughs> Rock. We still have an office there. Do you? Yeah, 45 Rock Plaza. I saw someone I know. They had they like they were like uh, posting like an artist like backstage pass like all like stunting on Instagram. I'm like, look at you stunting. Like, it's crazy. The, the climate we live in now. It's like we live in this stunting, stunting ass culture, right? 
holding money to your ear, holding backstage <laughs> passes to your heart. Yeah. Like, yo, man, you, you don't love your neighbor, but here you got these backstage passes holding it like it's your firstborn child. It's crazy how far our culture has come and, and been set back at the same time. Yeah. Definitely set back. <laughs> well, only, but you can't stun at our shows because you can't um, bring your phone. Well, you can bring your phone inside, but it's locked up in a yonder case. Oh. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. the beauty. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just like it's the most refreshing yeah. thing in the world not to see people holding their phones up well, as a, while someone's performing. Yeah, yeah. It's like just taking the moment. I think people, like, because I'm older, I I remember a time when it wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think these kids just think it's supposed to be this way, and it's like, no, actually, it's really so much more fun if you're in the moment, um, and you know. Just, just live in the memory. Live with the memory, and things will be okay. I yeah. promise you. I mean, on the flip side, I know um, I was working on a book uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. this flyer book or whatnot, and we were around collecting all these like concert flyers and party flyers. Mm-hmm. And what we couldn't find were photos of, of uh, True. you know, photos, especially if the in the early '90s. There were photographers on the scene. There was like Suquan and. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't the same amount of photos that no. you see today. And I, I'm kind of upset about that. There's a lot. Like, I don't have a photo of us no. backstage at Tramps as, no. as kids, you know. Listen, I I, I, I regret that. I, okay. I, but I do have that memory in my mind forever. There's ev- Listen, every show I ever attended at Tramps, I have a memory of. I can tell you everything that happened there. And so some of it has to just be passed down that way. You know, um, you know, respiration took place at a common show without Quali standing outside at that time, waiting outside the bus to give common this CD and me. And I, I didn't really know Quali that, that well at that point. Like literally I, most was my guy and he was just going back and forth working with Quali on this project. And, um, you know those things, yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's got to be some photo. There's got to be something around, but yeah. I, I don't know that I'm sad that there isn't mm. because the story, the mystique of it, is so much more strong. Right. Like what we created at that point in time, what this area used to be at that point in time, where it was most Quash, Abam Sadiq, uh, you know. Co-flow, all these kids that were living in this area just going to the park, you know, Sir Mena, like all these kids just rhyming, you know, uh, you, these kids can't understand it. And I don't know that it, it should be that, you know, it's like it happened and, you know, we don't need to like, you know what, today's the 44th anniversary of hip hop. Happy birthday to hip hop today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you look at some of the older footage of Herc and all these things, but it's, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. Like, so. I I think this generation has their photos. They have their their way of communicating, and let it let that be. And we had ours. Like it can't be the same. Like right. you know, well, what we do have now is we do have um, guys like Combat Jack and all these podcasters yeah. who are doing what I really consider to be God's work. What they're doing is they're creating uh, these these audio the documentaries. Yeah, you know that will be passed on for future generations and. You know, we're hearing stories. For instance, here I am in front of Corey Smith. Mm-hmm. Most of the world does not know who Corey Smith is. Completely true. Most of the world really? does not know who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I'm perfectly fine with that. And right. 
I, I love that. But the fact that you can come up here, tell your story, this story will be captured and it will be kept forever. Yeah, I appreciate that when I think about it. Yeah, thank you, Peter, actually. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, and these are important stories too, you know, and, you know, what you guys are talking about are, uh, are memories that people, like, you know, fans know, but you're giving them a little bit of a, a different angle to it. Man, yeah. And listen. There's, there's a lot of angles, and I mean, but it's all the thing about it, honestly, when it comes to Peter, and it comes to myself, when it comes to New York City, when it comes to Dave, you know, Dela, Vince, it's like these are all people who were willing to put their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly where it stems from. I think everybody that I've rolled with up until this point at least when I was working with them, was willing to put their best foot forward to try to make something different happen. Right. You know, like really. It's positive energy. Like it's a different kind of. Yeah. Like not, and I'm not even, I'm not, I've never been on some tree hugger. Like that's not my style. Like I'm just not, you know, I don't, I don't wake up feeling like anything but being happy and, and, and trying to succeed. That's all it is. And I'm sure there's been negative parts of my life and mistakes I've made along the way, but um, I do look up. I do feel confident that uh, everything I've done has been for the the uh, the good of the culture, quote unquote. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. Corey Smith is here. Corey is a music entrepreneur, yeah. a, a visionary, a real visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. he he hangs with some cool people. <laughs> which I, I think is, is always cool. I think the one thing that our job does afford us, I mean, I mean everyone here in this room, um, is that we do get to meet some interesting people, but sometimes that could like totally backfire. Uh, as a fan of the culture, you have expectations when you meet certain people, and, and sometimes they disappoint you. I've had some definitely really wacky experiences with, with musicians and, and behind-the-scenes people you know that I don't talk about. Yeah. You know, but if you know their fan, you know, heard how they treated people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the you know, it, hence why sometimes people have to have you know good management. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you know, all jokes aside, everyone's full uh, self isn't to be seen or consumed by the public. Mm. You know, it's not to be phony per se, but, you know, personas are are, are important to the success of an artist. Right. Uh, I mean, and and Young Dharmic, who's working in PR, I mean, I could imagine. Here's what what I see now. Sometimes um, I think a lot of artists, when they don't, you expect an artist to put their self out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they have these channels, uh, these social channels where they're pumping information at all time. But sometimes when it seems too fabricated or, or too fake, like that can also backfire. Like it's, I, I know when there's an artist whose social manager, a social media person mm-hmm. is controlling their account and it's just kind of corny sometimes. Darmic, speak to that. Yeah, no, people can see through, people can see through the BS everybody has all these platforms now so you know you got to you got to peop- i think you got to control your own social media accounts as much as possible but you don't have to tell everybody everything that's going on either i think there's a beauty in filtering yourself too um 
I mean, controlling it is a relative thing based on who you are. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Some people shouldn't control certain things in their life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's just some people just aren't good at it. Um, you know, there's like Vince. Vince is a very much the type of person where people love to hear and hear him talk and see what he's got to say. Um, and if people don't think that he thinks about it, you're bugging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it can seem, like, bonkers sometimes. It's like, well, what? But, no, he thinks about it. Like, he's not he's not as, as flippant as people would assume. But he's just candid. Mm-hmm. See, and, 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 that's how I, and that's why he and I completely got each other from day one. Who are you? You need to let our audience know who you're speaking of. Oh, Vince Staples. Okay. I'm sorry. Because Vince is a very candid person. Like, the personality... It is what you, you know, he gives you exactly what he's thinking. And it can, the point is that at his age, he can be wrong, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I, I've always told him if you speak the truth and it's okay if you're wrong because that's how you felt. Your mm-hmm. feelings are worth something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the first person that really showed us that was Kanye early on. Right. That your feelings are really worth something. Like people are like, oh, I rock with that. I, I'm not sure if I believe it mm. all the way or if, or if I f- or agree with it all the way more so. But I'm rocking with you because you said it. This is how you felt today. You know? Yeah. I, I just want to want to say, Vince is how you and I first came into contact. I think it speaks a little bit about management and guiding somebody's career and sort of mm-hmm. crafting the narrative in terms of how you want mm-hmm. the the public to receive it. And mm-hmm. that was an interesting little cross-section there because, um, as I'm sure you remember, I was like one of the first people on that stage, right? The the sort of complex fader yeah. stage to to really love Vince's music and want to get it out there and, you know, tell a story. And and you know, obviously, at that point, you were you were at the stage where you were getting him ready to to kick that next level from like an independent artist to a major label artist. Yeah. But it wasn't quite there yet. And you know, we met you doing summertime. Of, um, sorry, uh, uh, Shine Coach Chain Volume Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even before, but when so we, whenever in Prague. Well, yeah, because when the the Doris album, you remember that? Oh, so you're talking about right? At, you know, I don't, I couldn't remember exactly when. So now, so yeah, Vince at Winter in Prague. Mm-hmm wouldn't talk to anybody there was no way he was speaking to anybody that wasn't going to happen then by the time we got to stolen youth stolen youth i got him his deal off of stolen youth which no one knew he was signed at that point so right before stolen Youth came out we did the deal and he still wasn't going to be speaking to people but i realized after we had put out a couple of visuals and things like that that uh we needed to work on pr and that the PR was going to be a big part of it. And then, you know, Courtney Asbury, uh, who's our publicist at Def Jam, Courtney was like the best partnership I've ever found when it came to PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got exactly where we were trying to go. She got the narrative, and it was like, perfect. Let's find the right things. Like Even when we pull back on things that people thought we should be doing, like, you know, Everyone wanted him to do these talking head pieces because they were just like running viral. And I was like, okay, we're done with that. No more like putting him in front of something to people asking what he likes and don't like. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's corny because you're going to get tired of that. Like eventually just like, okay, what's the wild thing this kid's going to say? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even now, like we are really particular about the things that we choose to do because I've, I'm a firm believer that, uh, 
less is more in this world. You know, it's it, like you can go burn yourself out, but you just got about two years of that at best. If you just if you just shoot all your load, I promise you it's two years and people are going to be like, I don't want to hear anything more from you. What what do you listen to now? What current 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 rap music? Hmm. I like to ask my my peers that. I I usually uh, I usually get the same answers. I'm just wondering if, <laughs> if Corey's gonna. I mean, kind of confirm what I'm thinking. Well, see, I'm not gonna be able to say I listen to much current. You see what I'm saying? Like mm. that. I mean, I listen to new things that are out, but, but like I was rocking Damn when it came out. You know, but that feels like it was ages ago already, right? Um, like, I have a bunch of stuff I need to listen to, but I'm I'm kind of the dude at this point in my life, somewhere like I listen to repeats of what I've already been listening to, and I listen to satellite radio. Right, it's weird. Are you, uh, are you listening drive. to Are you listening to any podcast or like Talking Heads or? Um, I'm trying to get. Th- some time to actually listen to the Chris Lighty interview. Mm-hmm. That, Phenomenal. That, yeah, from Combat Jack. I've been trying to get to that. Um, I've been really on this... I've been watching a lot of TV. Mm. Yeah, like, you know, like right now what Game of Thrones is back, so I've been on that. Um, got to meet Natalie Emanuel. She's been hanging out with us for the last couple. Amazing. Wow. Uh, you know, like, that's what I'm talking about, right? Um, uh Childish Gambino, like literally that Donald Glover album, I've been rocking that. Um, but that's like I said, it's old. I feel like I'm not really. Uh, um, you know what I do find myself hearing, but it's actually because it's just being played a lot. Um, uh, Little Uzi Vert. I like Little Uzi Vert. Yeah, Little Uzi Vert. I do hear that. More and I like you know what I mean like I I could ride to that. Is that, that the who's the guy who Prince Paul's little kid DJs for? Is it Little Uzi Vert? No, that's for, you're talking about uh J, no J Master Jason. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Paul's son. Shouts to Prince Paul wherever you are in this world. Corey Paul came to my wedding. Yeah. Oh, dude. So I'm gonna tell you. Sorry, <laughs> to go off topic. So for the audience, I got married since the last time I was here. This is true. But most importantly. Kelly and I were married by the beautiful Miss Jean Grey. Oh, so I should yeah. represent Jean. So, so and I've known Jean since we were teenagers. Jean was our minister at, at our wedding, and I, I've also known Jean since since we were kids. Shame, shameless plug: Jean, Jean Grey will be performing for two nights at the uh, Blue Note Jazz Club. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's part of a series I booked over there. I have a bunch of cool stuff coming. Check the Blue Note calendar. <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of great folks rocking with bands and whatnot but gene gray said our wedding and it was to me like the most special thing ever to I have love to have a friend and See i know kelly's here we um yeah when when i had asked it, it little gene gray was not a third choice but we, we had asked dream hampton because dream expressed interest in in, in saying saying our was another lovely person and uh, I've known since college dream dream was out of town mm-hmm. and then i asked paul i said paul why don't you know? Can you do this? And he kind of looked into how to become an online minister. <laughs> and Paul's like, "Listen, man, like you're you're my peoples and whatnot, but I'm not gonna do this." Okay. And then for some, I was reading somewhere that Jean Grey was a minister, <laughs> and Kelly looked at 
it was Kelly's idea. She said, "What? What? Gene? Can Gene Gray do it?" And I was like, "Whoa, dope! CD's the best." Like, listen, she has always been one of the most genuine people that I've, I've known. Like, we were kids and used to be in parties together, and I was just like, I just remember, <laughs> like, we used to drink forties. Like, that's how long I've known Gene. Like, it's and when I started my label. Um, and it was like we we're trying to figure out who we we're going to sign, and it was like the opportunity to sign Gene was like hands down one of the most amazing things that Quali and I did together was was signing Gene, right? Um, and you know she's she's a giving person, she's hands down talented, and congratulations on that. Like Gene Gray marrying you sounds amazing, right? And Gene Gene has some I, what what I, what what has yeah, some, what, some what? Re- really good stuff coming up. And yeah. Robot is the only person to ever put my name into a rap song, which is crazy. Like the only rapper who's ever said my name in a what, rap song, what? which is great. So I ran into her the other night, and she has some cool stuff happening. But God, she's I, funny. God, I love her. She's hilarious, people. Man, she I'm, was in that the Two Broke Girls, right? Yeah, yeah. TV show. She's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's so cool that like we are all around. They were still here. She's talented, man. I have to ask you something. I know. I know yeah. you have to run uh, into the into the the big city. Uh, Twizzlers. You're going to uh, maraud into the uh, midnight uh, <laughs> sky. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not too far. I won't be too far. Who, who knows where you're going? But I want to backtrack. Uh, Chris Lighty. Yeah. Um, were you a friend of, student of, or the, how do, do you guys cross paths? Yeah, I met Chris um, in the 90s with Dela back at uh, the Platinum Island, Platinum Island Sessions. That's the first time we met. And I can consider Chris a friend for sure. And um, yeah, I was saddened by Chris uh, leaving this world right. by far. I, mean, I, was in, uh, I was in Africa when right. I found out. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely get a chance to check out the Mogul documentary. It's cre uh, I did an event last night um at the Highline Ballroom mm-hmm. uh with the uh Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network and it was a uh, kind of like a, a recap of the uh Mogul series yeah. uh that Combat Jack moderated and on the panel were uh Chris's beautiful daughters. Great. Uh Tiffany and I I can't recall his other daughter's name. Uh, Dave Lighty, mm-hmm. Mike Lighty, and uh, Dante Ross, yeah. and um, they were sharing stories about their brother, and uh, they had opened up the uh, floor for Q and A. Um, and one discussion that came out of Chris's death uh, is a uh, discussion of, of mental illness mm-hmm. uh, in the black community mm-hmm. and and the stigma attached to it, not only in the black community and in, in the urban community. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a young man who stood up and said, you know and this is in front of there's probably 400 people in the room, he said, I, I suffer from mental illness, and you know, I, I'm here to say, and I'm going to say this in front of the whole audience, you know, if you're suffering from something, you should definitely you know, just deal with it. And, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of articles that came out of the mogul conversation that were about Chris's mental health, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's the most special thing that, you know, of, of all his accomplishments, and Mm-hmm. We could sit here for days and and speak about how he revolutionized the game. He pretty much took what what uh, Lior and um, and Russell did, yeah, and and totally turned it up. Turned it up. Correct. Uh, and we, we could sit and talk about that forever. But in his passing, I hope, and it seems as if he is inspiring people to speak about their 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 mental health state and 
and and in in that way, I, he's he's somewhat of a saint, mm-hmm. I, I believe, and 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 you know, and if he's listening to us somewhere, he um, surely is. And you know, I just want him to know. I I, I think I'm. Yeah. Listen, if we could care about each other, actually, as humans, for sure, and stop uh, this idea of like teasing each other about things that we all suffer with, you know, the insecurities. I think we'd find ourselves in a better place because, you know, mental illness is is serious. Um, I have friends and peers and people I love who suffer from depression and you know uh, schizophrenia and things of these sorts these things are real and you don't love these people less you have to work with them through the process and um, I believe that uh, somehow we find ourselves always trying to uh, brush something off or say so-and-so's just oh so-and-so's crazy saying saying people are crazy is just really dismissive Mm -hmm. you know and um and I know that we all have a lot to do in a day, but just taking the time out of your day and just just checking on someone to make sure they're okay goes a long way. Right. You know, um, and the last thing I will say is that I've learned in my adult life is that happiness is a choice and it's not a destination. You know, you choose to be happy. Right. Regardless of what's happening at the moment, you can choose to still be happy. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's your habits and, and what you choose to do with your day. Yeah, man. That could easily snap you out. Kelly and I have a puppy, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes our puppy goes so crazy, and you realize, and, and you could snap the puppy out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, by directing uh, Hunter in this case, Hunter's attention uh, to another area of the room or another toy, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what you said. You we have the decision every day mm-hmm. whether we want to distract ourselves with the negative or the positive or we want to force ourselves to get up stand up and and head towards the positive and uh i want to thank you for coming i know that there's uh probably somewhere better you you have to be never better just somewhere different right (laughs) yeah and uh i i promise the new york audience i will not bother Corey for any uh cool credentials at the uh chappelle show they're limited brother Uh, i don't care (laughs) If you want some uh, tickets, no. <laughs> go to. <laughs> you can go find them. Corey can Smith. Can you find them? StubHub. StubHub. StubHub is raping them right now. <laughs> Probably some on Craigslist like or somewhere. 800 bucks to a G. It's crazy. Dang. Corey Smith, thank you for joining us. This is 89.1 FM WNYU. My name is Peter Oasis, Darmic X. Liz Barclay's still here. What we're going to do in a bit is we're going to open the phone lines mm-hmm. and we're going to talk to the audience. Well, we could, we've come to find out that this time of the night, uh, there are a lot of drunks uh, out there in the audience who are listening, and I want to have some good drunken conversation. Corey Smith is a music manager, music entrepreneur, and most of all, a uh, a friend of, of mine for, for a very long time. For sure. And the fact that he took time out of his schedule to be here speaks volumes of, of the man's character. And I'm going to stop kissing your ass. But <laughs> but Mr. Corey Smith, Darmic, I need you to put some music on. We have to take the, a picture with Corey. Can you play the promo Corey, real do you, quick? can we take a photo of you? Yeah, let's get it. Okay, here we play go. A promo. No, not like, yeah, play like a... I'm Raya Slayer, and you're listening to WNYU. 
New York. You are listening to Peter and Darmic's Victory Tour right here for one night only on WNYU 89.1 FM New York. Uh, also broadcasting on WNYU.org and on the WNYU app on your iPhone or Android device. This is Darmic X. Yo, and this is Peter, and I really want you to play the phone number. Yes. Dar- well, you know the number from from heart. Of course, but... Two, one, two, nine, nine, eight, one, eight, one, eight. Once again, that's two, one, two, nine, nine, eight, one, eight, one, eight. Yeah. Wherever yes, you're yes. calling from, just let us know. Yeah, please call us. And when you call, it's very important that you do not curse. Yes. If you wouldn't say it in front of your grandmama, do not say that on WNYU. But this is New York City, man. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, shout to Naveen, who's to still here. Uh, usually, you're listening to "Can I Kick It," and we are kicking it. We are definitely kicking it. We have been kicking it for quite some time now. Yeah, and, and time really flies. To to my right, I have Posse. I have my wife Kelly Green. We have Naveen, and we have the one and only, only in one, Liz Barclay. Liz. Yeah. Yup, yup. Thank you for coming. Of course, thanks. Thank for you for me. for hanging with us. I'm with it. We have like Fiji water and Twizzlers happening and keeping me out of trouble. So, <laughs> so Darmic, what you just played? You played a song by Havoc and Prodigy. Yeah, I wanted to play the original. I've ended up with the remix, but that's what you can find on the internet, I guess. Um, otherwise, you have to. Are you are you admitting that you stole that song? No, I was just playing it on air. I have to get a clean version of it. Yeah, you're snitching. Okay. All yeah, right. Is, is Naveen going to grab the mic? Naveen, grab the mic, man. Hold on. <laughs> Naveen has to grab the mic. Where's that DJ mic? He's got it. He got it. Hi. Usually I'm here, uh, but I'm just letting them <laughs> run the show today because they know what they're doing and they're far more professional. <laughs> no, we were just blessed by uh, Corey Smith. Corey Smith is the uh, a business partner of... Dave Chappelle, the comedian, and um, he came here and he blessed us. I mean, there's... Gems. Yeah, that was so good. And he, I, I don't think I've ever heard an interview with him. Dharma, I, wow. I was telling him before, like I was watching Ebro in the morning. Yeah. And Ebro was interviewing uh, Dave. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, Corey was in the background and from time to time you could see him in the uh, video shots uh, in the background. And you can hear him laughing, but he very seldomly um, gives interviews. No, yeah. I mean, you'll see him in like some Vince Staples pieces too. He's like very much hands on in the lives of his lives of his clients. Um, I mean, he mentioned he was on that Hot Ones interview that came out yesterday. He was. He was actually in it. Yeah, he was sh- appeared for a little bit. Apparently, he was eating the wings with Vince off screen. <laughs> well, fair, fair enough. Um, Wait, was it on First We Feast? Yeah, yeah. yeah Those yeah. are my guys. I'm so. Happy I really want to be on there just to like Peter Colbert, loves Sean. They were on the Colbert Report, and it was incredible. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't watch that show. <laughs> a lot of people, it's all on YouTube, so it's kind of cool because when you see all the guests on there, you're like, oh, my, I'll just check it out, you know? Right. Yeah, that, and it's become a really is, big thing Isn't them. our friend Sarah somehow behind Honda. that? Sarah yeah. is definitely... Uh, Shouts to Sarah Honda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. I always blow up her spot because she's such a humble, like, 
you know, like whenever we go out to eat, I'm like, you know, she managed gang stuff for like 10 years. <laughs> like she always is just, it's just, I love it. Well, Sarah is responsible for one of our side projects, which we didn't do enough of, but they were very, they were a labor of love. And that was the You Must Learn uh, docu-series. Yeah, you could go find that yeah. on the internet. And she connected us with J. Rude the Damager. Right. And this is like 2014 when she did that. So like she hadn't even, she was still in Hawaii like oh, connecting us with yeah. with all with with Jeru. Yeah, speaking of Hawaii, I had the uh, chance this uh, late afternoon to speak with uh, an old friend named Tiffany Tanaka, mm-hmm. uh, who's also a friend of Sarah's and very active in the uh, community out there. And um, I'm plotting some stuff out uh, in Waikiki, and uh, I will announce that somehow. Actually, I can't announce it because I don't have Twitter or Instagram or anything. <laughs> you but have you, Instagram, but it'd be so big that you will hear about it. So yeah, and you, you, were, you were, I, I need to plug some stuff, but I want to make sure. Can someone in New York City call us two one two nine nine eight one eight one eight two one two nine nine eight one eight one eight? Give I mean, Darmic and I a call. I'll call. I'll call. <laughs> yeah, I just want to give crazy shout outs. Um, have a bunch of shows coming up. You could catch. Uh, them at the if Highline Ballroom if you're in New York City. Yeah, if you want to check it out, mm-hmm. you could check it out at the Highline Ballroom. There's a bunch of cool shows. I have the Brilliant Idiots uh, podcast live. That's uh, Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. I have Combat Jack live. I have the uh, the one and only legendary Ice-T who's going to moderate uh, an interview with a special guest that we're going to announce. Uh, just confirmed a show with uh, my friends out of Chicago who we're one of the first groups I ever booked at the Highline a while ago, and, and that's the cool kids who who have always been friends of mine, and um, they're coming back to play the Highline. Uh, also, I have some stuff at BB King's you want to check out. I have uh, the homie little Bibby there. Those tickets are selling and selling really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a, a bunch of shows at the Blue Note. Uh, they're late-night shows. Uh, my friend and the legendary DJ Eclipse are presenting OC backed by a live band. Nice. I have, Shout uh, out to OC. I have Rod Digger out of New Jersey. She's also playing with a, a, a live band. That's with mm-hmm. a different show. Uh, I have uh, Gene Gray who's doing two nights at the, the legendary Blue Note. I have um, just a bunch of cool shows going shows on. Shows on shows on shows. Yeah, check it out. You'll, you'll hear about them if you live in New York. If you don't live in New York... Uh, who knows? You can't come to the show. <laughs> oh, go listen, uh, at Darmic. I I don't know. I didn't tell you about this, but I did an event with um these guys. It's the real who were here. Oh, you didn't tell me about this. Our guest, and it was <laughs> it was a Rockefeller uh, Records conversation. Yes. Uh, uh, all the the staff and producers who worked in the uh, Rockefeller. Biggs was here. Biggs's brother was here. Biggs's cousin. No, I'm kidding. Big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good thing. Go check that out on the It's the Real podcast. Yeah, and, uh, check out Mogul. A waste of time, I believe it's called, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Liz Barclay's still here. Liz, we're just gonna ride out with you because our audience is not calling. Liz, say something to the New York audience that's gonna make them call. Guys, I wanna. Okay, well, I feel like if 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 somebody calls, then I will I'll sing. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Yeah, that would or be Pete cool. Pete will freestyle. He has been known to do that from time to time. 
He has been known to outrap rappers. I'm not rapping. <laughs> we we've grown up in the two years. You know, it used to be it used to be people would come on air and you didn't know what you'd get from us. You'd, Peter would be yelling at me one day. Wish. Peter would be battle rapping rappers one day. You just never knew. That was that yeah. was the NW three days. Yeah, we had some good shows here. We had some, some fun great memories. guests. But I feel like we we're like taking a step in a more mature direction now. We've we've grown up. We've grown I mean, up. look, we have we have a photographer from the New York up. Times here. I, I'm I'm old enough to rent a car. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Proud Thank of you. you. I still can't really drive one, but I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> I I love driving. I I like came out of the womb driving. You know, I'm from the south, so around there, it's just like you drive with your knees or, you know. Right, and you guys also call call car crashes wrecks. <laughs> yeah, we call yeah. There's wrecks. There's mud bogging and mudding and off roading where you do that like with four wheels and you literally just spend an afternoon like doing donuts and mud. It's just really funny, but and it's just not a lie. Like that's things are really actually pretty. Uh, you invent activities, so it's it's real. The culture's real down there. Yo, this is Victory Tour with Peter and Darmic. Mm-hmm. Liz Barclay, yeah. 212-998-1818, 212-998-1818. Give us a call if you're out there. So, Darmic, how's your new job? My new job is good. Shouts out to- so Darmic's all grown and sexy now. <laughs> Shouts out to Audible Treats. That's where I work. And, Love you know, that. I mean, Peter was plugging some of the some of the shows that he has going on, uh, if you're interested. Yeah, you need to plug away. Yeah, um, if you're interested, there's uh, the homie Wi-Fi's funeral. He actually, Wi-Fi just played at the last ever show at Webster Hall uh, last night with a friend of ours, a friend of Peter's more specifically, uh, Action Bronson. Um, he closed out Webster Hall for what, like a year, Peter? When they're gonna reopen in like a year or something? Yeah, I heard. I heard six to nine months. Six to nine months. Yeah. But I guess they just say a year in case uh, things backfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they they closed out yesterday with were, Bronson. Were you at that show? No, I actually didn't go. Uh, it goes back to us growing up and stuff. I I thought I might have a concussion, and so I decided not to go. Um, even though I was I was cleared, but you know, just uh. Why do you think you had a concussion? Because a giant picture frame fell on my head last Damn. yesterday in the morning, um, and, and normally, you know, the young younger version of me would be like, "Yeah, let's go to rap show, let's turn up." But uh, nope, I went home. I slept before eleven. It was wow. great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, I I mean, I, you know, Bronson is a great live performer. We've seen him. I got to see him. Uh, yeah, he's do- one of a kind. When you he's see Bronson, great. you're getting a. A, a show which is like the, the quality of a you know a WWF or even like a, a, a film. It's a spectacle, and I remember one of a kind. You being uh, the person who allowed me to go to a couple of those shows for the Blue Chips Two tour um, with Party Supplies, uh, and you know watching a crowd react to an indie pop band opening up for Bronson. All right, so what's what's next? So you, all right, so here's what I say. Uh, in New York City, there's uh, there's Rocky and Bronson, I think are the two most successful kind of global rap artists and, to and, come and, out of New York. And Joey, to an and extent. Joey. Joey, yeah. So I'd say he's-, he's You manage Anik Khan. Yes. Who is extremely talented mm-hmm. and, and definitely has a star quality to, you know, keep, 
to to kind of you know the guys uh, that we just mentioned kind of pass the torch to him. I, I think New York is in an interesting place. I think there's a there are a lot of young. The previous generation was all crews. Like Bronson had his crew, Joey has his pro era crew, and ASAP Rocky had obviously the Mob and Ferg and all that. And I think the new group of kids out of New York are like solo guys. They like kind of just rolled on their own and more melodic, and less like. Uh, grimy I guess you'd say it's like you know the kid I played earlier St. John or Anique or what happened to grimy music do kids not want to be grimy anymore well you it was funny because we didn't get to play all the music that we had picked for the show but you had a bunch of like really grimy records they're not like maybe lyrical like the the grimy stuff of the 90s or the maybe the early 2000s but you had that kid I like foul rap music I'm not ashamed to admit it on this the birth date of New York City I like I became a fan of rap because it was edgy. Yeah. Because it was it was anti-establishment, middle finger in the air. Mm-hmm. That's why I like rap. Well, yeah. also rap videos. I loved how like they were like the mob deep. I loved um also speaking in line with that how rap videos used to be just kind of like you know, gritty, like raw budget, like um, survival of the fittest. You know, the mob literally they just posted up on the block and put a floodlight on the building. So, and now everything's very produced or high fashion. I'm like, I want just simple merch, like just some merch, and then just keep the videos. You know, you mm-hmm. know, not everything has to be. I want it to go back to that, and I think it will. I think. You know, you, you're seeing that a little bit out of the South Florida scene. It was funny because you had like some records out of there that you were really. I think liked. I put a Smoke Perp Smoke record Perp. in there. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, obviously, Wi-Fi is is my homie who just put out his mixtape like a week ago. And plug, was, not like a plug. Little, do you like Lil Pump and I, like all those? Um, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not super well I'm versed. I'm so good on Lil Pump. <laughs> Don't, yeah, oh, you you, nada, you booked the uh, which one did you book? Did you didn't you book book one of the South Florida kids? You you book Smoke no, Perp? No, no, that, that wasn't Who, me. Dante loves shout out to Dante, love him, um, Dante Ross, but he's you know he always rides for Puya. It was from Miami, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. South Florida has it going on. I t- I actually. Took pictures of that Cash Me Outside girl who's <laughs> from Florida. Yeah. Which was, um, that was an experience. I had to think about it for a minute. You know who's really good from Florida, real quick, is Kodak Black. Like, I mean, he's a little a little problematic as, like, a person, but... He just says dumb shit. I mean... Yeah, but the music is, is uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's super catchy. It's really good. He's, he's kind of, lyrically, he's got a little bit of wisdom that he doesn't represent in his real life but it, he's, he's a little <laughs> he's wiser in his lyrics than in his in his actions but uh can't say i listen to kodiak black kodak black is dope man yeah he's got i appreciate him but it is interesting because he just he's somebody who shouldn't talk a lot, <laughs> like to to interviewers like on the spot he just says things that i think you know um are a little bit polarizing and you can ignore it or that's, not. That's you know? putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I want to bring up, Dharmic, and I thought about on our way here mm-hmm. are the all the acts that Lauren Nostro used to make me play their music on this this channel here, <laughs> who are like pretty much like nowhere now. Who? 
I don't know. Some <laughs> stuff she used to play. <laughs> yeah, Yo, shout to, I want to shout out to Lauren. I haven't seen her in such a long time. I used to work across I the street from Lauren. her until she just uh, changed her job. I, I love Lauren. Changing oh, job. genius. She left genius. She just left genius. Where I is she work now? across the street. She's at Universal. Um, so, yeah. She's like, Lauren, you, we love you. Yeah. Shout out to Lauren. She was very excited that we were doing this again. Sorry, I saw her comment. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to shout out to uh, Brandon Jenkins. Yes, yeah. shout out to Jinx. 212-998-1818. 212-998-1818. Give us a call. 89.1 FM WMRU. The name of the show is called Peter and Darmic's Victory Tour. It's like World Tour except not World Tour. Right. Was that were you inspired by by I was inspired by Michael Jackson and, Michael and the Jackson. Jacksons. Ah. The uh Victory Record and the Victory Tour. And then I was surprised as I Googled it to find out they were like two really random like Polish uh pop stars who named their album Victory, Victory. and then called the tour Victory Tour. <laughs> if guys, if you're going to name an album and a tour, do not name it Victory Tour. Because yeah. you're not gonna live up to the Jacksons. <laughs> That's it. Fair enough. There's like no way you're gonna leave it. It wasn't like a it. translation or something. No, it was. It, it was, was a victory tour. That's crazy. Oh, here's what I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, in our community, a uh, few people have passed on. Yes. Um, I want to give a shout out to G Man of the Underground Railroad, uh, who uh, was uh, part of the show with DJ Spinner and Jay Smooth, who yeah. was a guest here. G Man passed uh, about a month and a half ago. Wait, really? Uh, unexpectedly and, and, and suddenly. Um, so I... Not Cabin, right? Cabin's still... No, DJ Cabin is still alive. Okay, cool. Or Adam, my neighbor, is still alive. Cool, cool, cool. He's out there somewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. It's really it's really scary to, to see, you know, that generation of, of people uh, pass away because obviously a lot of our friends and, and your peers are, are some of these people and... You know, I think it's always kind of scary, you know. Yo, it's all good, Darmic, till mm-hmm. you're my age and people start passing. It re- yeah, no, it, it's... You're going to be like, damn, that funeral guy. It's real. <laughs> We're having a funeral for him. Well, it's weird, too, now that... How do you feel about now, you know, funerals and, and things like that are, like, sometimes public events where press and anyone could come, like... You know, well, it's always been like that. Like if you go back on the internet and you kind of look for photos of Biggie, Biggie Smalls funeral, yeah. you'll find uh, photos of the uh, the uh, parade march after and Got you it. know people outside the funeral home. Mm-hmm. I, I we spoke about it before. I was at Prodigy's funeral. Yeah, and um, how was that? The show of support that was there yeah. for Prodigy and his family was amazing. Uh, the service, and this is public knowledge, the service was said by uh, Minister Farrakhan, right. um, a, an old friend uh, of mine, an, an, a boss of mine, on um, 50 Cent, said a few words at the funeral. Um, right. And there were just a lot of good people in attendance. And, you know, man, listen, have I ever had a funeral like that? There was a 50 at one point uh, when he was speaking, he turned around to the, to the casket and he looked at Prodigy's like, "Yo, Prodigy, you made it! Like, you you really are famous." Minister Farrakhan said, "Your, you know, your your, yeah. your funeral." Yeah. Your your I guess yeah funeral. Yeah, you uh, you know. That was like probably the worst thing I've ever had to go through. I've been to some like crazy rap funerals. I, yeah. I buried a rock raider. Yeah. And guys like that, but man, listen, listen here, New York. It's. Yeah, the time flew sad. by tonight, man. 
Yeah, man. Last time I was here with Naveen, it felt like we couldn't think of anything to really talk about. How long was Corey Smith here? Corey Smith was probably here a solid hour, hour I'd say. Whoa. Yeah, which was very helpful, I'd say. <laughs> Two and a half hours on air is, is a lot of time. Yeah, you know what it is sometimes? Like, you're here, yeah. and you just realize, like, when it hits you, like, okay, I'm on the radio, someone can hear me. And just the experience here is fun. For people who have never been inside of a college radio station, I mean, the one thing about this station is nothing changes. Yeah. Um, the same posters are hanging from two years ago when, when Dharmika and I were um, broadcasting. And also behind us, there's the legendary... Uh, Dharmika, explain what's behind me. Are you talking about... Oh, the Jay-Z? The Jay-Z. Yeah, there's a picture of Jay-Z, a really old picture, I'd say maybe like, what, like Reasonable Doubt yeah, era? that's scary. Um, and it has been heavily vandalized and it, it's been ripped over the years because some of the things are missing but there's still that bottle lid thingy uh like a can like the the and they, lid of a can well, and then, well, well most importantly they drew a slick rick style uh, eye patch on him but now is there a 21 savage style knife on him on it on the forehead and we're speaking of the Jay-Z photo <laughs> behind me there's, here. There's some tattooed tears. At the NYU studio. It's, it's like Lil Wayne meets Slick Rick meets 21 Savage on Jay-Z's face. Yo, you know what I can't wait to do when I get out of here? Eat. What are you going <laughs> to really? eat? I don't know. I y'all like y'all are about, welcome to join us if, are you, say, you, you said y'all. Y'all are welcome to join us. <laughs> I <laughs> always care. Not you in the audience. I'm talking to my wife, Kelly Green. AKA the original logic. That's such a good name too, Kelly Green. Yeah, Kelly Green. It's got a ring to it. Um, darn it. Yes. So are you gonna go see Chappelle now? You guys just got tickets. Yeah, we did just get tickets. I definitely would love to go. What's I mean, the it date? was funny. He was What's just like, date? I know you wanna go. <laughs> What's the date? <laughs> I don't know. He, he said he has to look into the calendar to see which date was available. He was he was very specific. Corey is a very uh precise, specific man and Really intelligent and hardworking dude. So, you know, we'll figure it. We'll figure it out. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, shouts out to if Corey you're interested in that, <laughs> go check it out. I, I, th- I think I am. If you are interested in that, Corey said it is. Uh, uh, tickets are available on StubHub. Yeah, we're running out of time here in New York City. I'm Peter Oasis. Um, is uh, I just want to give a few shout outs. Okay, uh, at shout the end of the show. Shout him out. I want to shout out um, the homeboy Combat Jack. Uh, and everyone at the Loudspeakers Network, Chris Morrow, A. King, Jonathan Mena, um, really good people. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Loudspeakers Network, and if you feel so inclined, um, go check it out. Uh, there's some great podcasts. also want to give a shout-out to everyone over at the Blue Note. Uh, Shouts to my Blue Note family, uh, where I now uh, produce shows with. I have a cool partnership there, and I'm producing maybe 8 to 10 shows a month in the New York City area. And now I'm working on this festival in Hawaii, and I want you guys to come. So save up your pennies for the festival. I was even talking to Dharmic about, I'm like, Dharmic, we're mm-hmm. going to do this festival, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're going to bring your homie Anik out there. Mm-hmm. So now we put that out there. Yep, we put it out yeah, into the air. Yeah, now we put it onto the air. Uh I'm excited. I hope he can come, man. I definitely. I met him at a Kava party. Yeah, like t- two weeks ago. Yes. Um, and and Anik right now is actually in Dallas, Texas. I think he's in Texas for like the first time ever in his life, and he has uh, three shows out there with this artist by the name of Jadena. Um, he's on Jadena. The classic man. The classic man and the chief. Do you know him, dude? Jadena is like the nicest person in the world. I love, I love him. I love his. Yeah, team. Yeah, shouts I to him. him. He's a he's a Flatbush boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of traveled he's a all over. Boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he spent some time. He cut his teeth out there in Flatbush in Brooklyn. But his live show is amazing. I is compare, he Caribbean? No, no, no. He's uh, African, uh, Nigerian. Um, he has a very unique look. Yeah. He kind he's, of, he's like the male Janelle Monet. He's half Nigerian and, and half white. And right. uh, he, his, uh, he's an amazing person. Great live performer. He's on the level of Anderson Does Coffee. he cook for you? No, I've, I've, I've spent some, like, I've spent a couple days with him because I, I went to the tour stop in Philly and the stop in New York. Um, but his, his live set is amazing. So they're doing three shows in Texas. They're doing, they did Dallas today, Austin tomorrow, Houston on Sunday, and then uh, Nick and him perform in San Diego on next Friday. Dar makes a classic, man. I, yo, that song was dope, and then he's dope. So You could yeah. look like Darmic if you dress that clean. He's a classic, yo, man. Yo, crazy thing. I was trying to really stunt today. I was trying to have these shorts from uh, that were like super wavy, and they ripped. I was on my way. I was on my way to the train station. Damn. I took a step and they ripped. I had to go back to the apartment. And Naveen get, is short. a classic man. I think Naveen bounced. Naveen bounced, and he's still a classic man. He's still a classic man. Yo, yo, yo! I'm not yo, yo. Let me, let me, let me finish my. Look at you, Darmic pitching, man. No, nah, not my, shorts. not my shorts. Nah, that, that, that they just ripped, man. They just ripped. They ripped like right there. It was like hella, hella awkward. <laughs> I had to like, I, I was on the train station. I had to like go back and change and stuff <laughs> that sucks. yeah but no I, get I, that. I had to it was gonna be really really did you keep the receipt you can bring them back yo yeah i had those for like a year costco takes the shorts back <laughs> they do costco does do the i have bought i have bought short shorts from costco i love costco costco's dope um, I don't think we're supposed to say that on the radio. This is true. T-shirts. This is true. Kirkland. Um, <laughs> shout out to Kirkland. Shout out to uh, my boy Kemba, uh, who's uh, also coming up and has a project coming out soon, probably eh, top of next year. Um, Peter knows him quite well. We we bumped into Prodigy the day we were meeting up with him. I don't know if you remember that, Peter. There was the uh, the day we were meeting up with a couple rappers. This is like 2013, yeah, I think. Yeah, with rappers. And 2014. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean, there was this one kid who was a little drugged out of his mind, and then uh, and then we like were in between meetings, and we like walked through the Vice, like over where the Vice office used to be. And Prodigy was like walking out of there, and that was the first time I ever met Prodigy because you know Peter and him go back, and he was like, "Yo, just catching up." So that was cool. But Kemba's doing his thing; he nice. might be going out on tour. He's doing the the uh, shouldn't really talk about it, but he's doing Is one he of those... playing one of the Chappelle shows. No, not the Chappelle show. Um, well, you should ask. You should ask Corey why he was here. Really, like, yo, Corey. Uh, no, nah, me and Corey have definitely talked about about Kemba before. Opener? No, not for the Chappelle show though. But uh, I think he might be doing one of those cool festivals that are going on at the end oh. of the year in cali um yeah they've been December. doing yeah yeah shout out, shout out to rolling loud festival by the way they just announced a big expansion uh international they're doing like the rolling loud in china and japan and, and uh la and like san bernardino and sf and you know those that's the that's my they're sp- like the new smoking grooves tour yeah or, you know, or, darren you're too young to remember i don't know that I, tour. I, I was gonna compare them to mo- like rock, rock the, the bells. bells yeah they're wow, the, I mean, rock the bells. Yeah, I mean, they don't want to really. Are they could, around anymore? No, that, that no, that's no, done. I mean, Mers has the paid around. dues. Yeah, but that's just L.A. Um, but Rock the Bells hasn't happened in I think like three or four I, years. I went to that in Atlanta. Oh, and saw they had a Rock the Bells in Atlanta. That's dope. Yeah, it was like I think I saw, I think Badu was there that year. That's dope. Like, 
some other people, but it was it was cool. Dharmic, your time is running and passing. Yes, passing we have one more one more minute. Um, I think we've done all the shout outs. Find Dharmic on out. the internet. Yes, we... Dharmic X D H A R M I C X. Also, you're gonna go to the NW3 SoundCloud. Uh, we're gonna update and put the show on, and we'll edit it down so it's really cool and stuff. And you can listen to our interview with Liz Barclay. Liz, thank you. Thank, thank you very you much for having me. Peace, Dharmics. Peace to Corey Smith. Peace to the rest of the. Kelly Green. Yeah. Shouts to Crunchy Raisins. Always.